You are listening to the number one self-improvement podcast on the planet. You, but better. Warning, this podcast may cause success, happiness, self-actualization, inspiration, manifestation, buying cool products. Warning, this podcast will transform you into a boss. Over 10 billion downloads. Over 10 million lives changed. With your host, Seth, the master of mindset. Failure is a choice, and I choose to never fail. And Lex, the Zen philosopher of life hacking. What if you could do anything? You, but better. Hello, better yous. I'm Seth. And I'm Lex. Hey, Lex. Hey, Seth. How's it going? It's going terrific. I have a question for you, my friend. Hit me. What is the one thing that if we did not have it, there would be no you but better? Ooh, I love a good quiz. Okay, I'm going to say tea. Mm. I love tea as much as the next guy. As long uh, as long as that next guy isn't you, Lex, because you love that tea <laughs> yeah, more exactly. than anybody. But it's not tea, my friend. It's not tea. Okay. Oh, 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 I know. It is our okay. My guess is that it is our incredible secret weapon, our audio engineer, Dwayne. No, it's not fucking Dwayne. Oh, Why okay. every time we have a conversation and I ask you yeah. a question, you bring it to Dwayne. I'm always yeah, well, he's fo- our secret weapon, though, is the thing. He is a tool, but it's not him. Ah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. It's not Dwayne. Okay. I'm going to guess what makes you but better possible is the divine spark within both of us. You are so close, Lex. Ooh, I can feel it. The, okay. the truth of the matter, better use, is that without our relationship, there would be no you but better. That is such a good point. Guys, relationships are so freaking important. Relationships, so important. when you are trying to improve yourself, when you are trying to self-actualize, relationships are your universe. They are everything. That's right, Better Use. And that is why today we are diving deep into the relationship pit that we have created with our vast, vast catalog of interviews. Yeah, guys, we have better use. Some of you have been listening for years. Some of you are brand new listeners and everything in between. We have a vast back catalog of over a thousand episodes. And in that catalog, we have had interviews with some of the foremost relationship experts in the freaking universe. So brilliant. So much good advice. So what we've decided to do because we love relationships so much and because they're so important, we are taking some of the best relationship advice ever on this yes. podcast, and we are compiling it into one super episode of Relationship Advice. That's right. We are compiling and combining all of that great information into one singular episode. And you know what, Better Use? At the end of this episode, we're also going to be giving you a sneak peek into another fantastic interview all about the relationships And the games that we can play to make our relationships even stronger. Absolutely. Yeah, this is at the end. You're going to get a tasty sneak preview of our interview next week, which is all about 
relationship therapy using board games. It is freaking awesome. It is such a cool and novel approach. I think it's going to change your life. It's going to do it. So better use. Get ready. The best relationship advice ever. Better use. This is an exciting day because we have literally the most popular most viral, most interesting advice columnist in the world right now here on You But Better. We're talking, of course, about Emma, the author mm. of Dear Jane, the ultra popular Washington Post dating and lifestyle advice columnist. You Please know her, my you heart. love her. So good. For those not familiar, which shouldn't be anyone, Dear Jane is a unique advice column where readers who are struggling with relationship issues submit letters handwritten letters, and get a response from none other than Jane Austen, a.k.a. our writer, Emma. Okay, Emma, another piece of advice that got a lot of backlash. Huge backlash oh, on this. Yeah, one. this one was a big backlash. And again, we we credit you for- um, Poise. For, you have so much poise. Po you have so much poise and and uh, non nonchalance or, or chalance. Uh, do you think that when a man wants to take his lady to a dance hall and dance with her exclusively- do you think that's a solid sign of commitment and intention? Oh, absolutely. I think, now I think to go back to the dance hall thing for a moment, I think it is important for a man to bring a, a woman to a dance hall. That said, if he dances with other ladies, yeah, it is an affront. It is, mm -hmm. it is an insult uh. to her and her family. And I think it's really important. I just want to highlight this point that, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought it back up, you know, that, Going to a dance hall is one thing, but it's another thing to dance solely with your lady. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you dance with any other ladies, it's just, it's an insult. Yeah. Now this is going to be for some of the people in our audience who are a part of the uh, Burning Man and polyamory community. Yeah. This the swing dancers, be, as we call them. Yeah. We do call them the swing dancers. This is going to be a little bit hard for them to hear. Now, I have noticed in some columns, people have brought up this sort of modern topic of polyamory and you have smacked them down. You have not wanted to even deal with that. No, uh, I believe in traditional marriage. I believe in a mm. marriage between a man and a woman. Mm. However, I have become more open, especially with my readers of, course. Uh, of the homosexual variety yeah. that a man and a man can marry, that a woman and a woman can marry. Yeah. But I still believe that they should uphold monogamous, traditional marital standards. I did, yeah, I did uh, want to appreciate that uh, progressiveness. I did notice that you said that um, gay marriage was fine as long as they uh, owned horses. Correct, correct, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Which I think is a really, it's really big for the gay community because there is a huge overlap between the horse-owning community and the gay community. And I just think that's fantastic. And if they don't own a horse, they can always go and uh, purchase one. Yeah, yeah. It's simple. Absolutely. Horses are truly wonderful beasts that always calm me down. Emma, we told our better use to write in with their relationship questions for you. True to your style, we told them to write those questions in cursive, then screenshot them and post them on Insta with the hashtag Dear Jane and hashtag better you better love. We got around 13,000 questions and we're not sure why it was so few, but we think it was because of the cursive thing. But anyway, yeah. 
we decided to pick out, out of the 13,000, a few of our favorite questions. Can we ask you a couple of those now, if you'd be willing to do that on the air? Absolutely. It's why I'm here. Excellent. And by the way, thank you for accepting the laptop and microphone that we sent to your uh, PO box. We really appreciate that. We know that technology is not your usual thing, but we super appreciate that. Okay. Um, Seth, should we crack into that first letter there? Yes, please. Um, well, do, do you want to read this one? Or you... Okay. I'll, I'll read the first one. You read the second one. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. Dear Jane, I'm struggling to find the right man, someone to marry me and call me his wife. Hmm. My own personal Mr. Darcy, if you will, thought you'd appreciate that reference. I have dating profiles on Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. My profiles highlight my interests in travel, riding horses, and baking sourdough, and I feel like I'm showing just the right amount of boob, but not too much. But I keep meeting all of these weirdos and creeps. What am I doing wrong? Help. Sincerely, Frustrated in Phoenix. Oh, Frustrated in Phoenix. It's something I have heard time and time again. And I must say that you're going about it all wrong. With Hmm. dating apps, it's just not the way to meet a fellow these days. I recommend renting out your home. So take your home, rent it out, and then find a man who might be the brother of the person you rented the home out to, maybe maybe a cousin, and then don't talk to them for eight years. Find your way back to them, and that will be the man you marry. You really believe in the slow romance. Correct. Yes. Those are the only ones that last. It's true. And if he can wait eight years for you, it's he's worth the lifetime to be with. Wow. Now I can just confirm that the women that I've married at Burning Man, those have been fast marriages and they've never worked out. So that is true. But I've been the best man. I've been the best uh, man at every single one of these Burning Man weddings. And I have to say, Lex, you just, you gotta, you gotta freeze them out for eight years. Maybe that's what's going on for you, buddy. Too fast, too furious. That's not good for you. Too fast, too furious. No dice. Bill Mann is a blogger, a YouTuber, a life coach, and a relationship and mindset expert. Wow. He is the New York Times bestselling author of How Do Them Apples Make You Feel? The Complete Guide to Self-Awareness, Strong Relationships, and Finding the Love of Your Life. Mm. Bill's book has recently been a breakout success with especially strong sales in the greater Boston area and all of New England. Incredible. He also led a series of relationship and life coaching seminars for men called Wicked Smart. So you really based a lot of your, a lot of the therapy and coaching and the seminars you did, it sounds like a lot of that was based on Goodwill Hunting. That is correct. I think that depending on who you ask, you know. Yeah. Oh, the movies aren't accurate. Oh, the movies aren't a good way to learn skills for a career Mm. or to manage your relationships. Yeah. Bullshit, I say. Pardon pardon my French, please, but bullshit. Look, I don't think anyone will deny the power of the scenes between Robin Williams and Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. They have a natural chemistry on camera that all of us aspire to 
every single person, not just men, yeah, watches those scenes and says, I need that type of relationship in my life. That could be a therapist. It's palpable. It's, it is. It is so relevant. And that could be a parent. That could be a coach, a significant other. It applies to everything. And I, I saw the scene on the park bench in Boston Public Garden. Hmm. And I said, there's the type of conversation I'm trying to have every day. Yeah. And I saw the scene where famously Robin Williams' character repeats, it's not your fault. Mm. And I said, you know what, Sean McGuire, you're right. Mm. It isn't my fault. At least I don't think it's my fault. Yeah. And that changed my life. When you had that realization, it's not my fault, what were you thinking about specifically? What wasn't your fault? If I may be so bold as to inquire. Yes, please, please inquire. Gosh. You know, so many things. Yeah. I was 17 years old when I saw the movie. Mm. I I didn't know how to talk to women. And mm. that was a source of shame for me. Yeah. I had debilitating social anxiety, but I didn't know it. And it. so many of us struggle with social anxiety, whether that's at work, at school, what have you. But I really looked in the mirror and I said to myself, Will Hunting has social anxiety. If he mm. can get over it, I can get over it. Exactly. And that was a powerful moment for me. That really launched my career and my exploration of these topics. And I'm self I'm a self-starter and I'm self-taught, just like Will Hunting. Uh, oh, really? Will never went to college. He he taught himself from the books, as you know, from the opening sequence yeah. of the movie yeah. where there's no dialogue. Will's just reading books over music. Mm -hmm. And my book is goodwill hunting. Oh wow. Yeah, we we do a lot of uh research on our guests beforehand yeah. and we 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 tried to find if you had any trying of kind of traditional training in therapy, psychotherapy, psychology, we weren't able to find anything. No no certifications or anything. That yeah. is correct. That's when we knew that you were a self-starter. Yeah, you were you're really truly self-taught mo mostly through the movie it sounds like that that is that is completely accurate bill the title of your book contains the promise of finding the love of your life yeah why do you think it is so important for us to find the loves of our lives well as you may remember in one of the pivotal therapy scenes mm. sean mcguire asks will do you have a soulmate he does this is the scene that ends in the shepherd incident that you yeah. mentioned just a moment ago and and Will, you know, he questions what that means, asks, asks Sean to define what a soulmate is. And Sean says, someone who challenges you. Mm. And Will really thinks for a second and he says, yeah, Chucky. And he says, no, Chucky's family, he'd lie down in traffic for you. And to that, Will said, and, and you may think I'm just reciting the scene word for word, but I promise. No, please do. Please do. There's, there's a lot to come. And Will says, okay, well then, you know, Nietzsche, Frost, uh, Shakespeare, those are my soulmates. And Sean says, well, they're not your soulmates. You don't really have a dialogue with them, you know, because they're all dead. And Will says, well, yeah, I would need uh, a heater and some serious smelling salts. Anyway, my point mm, being yeah. that we all need a soulmate. We are not meant to be put here on this earth and live and die alone. I mean, you, you can walk into any movie theater, you can walk into any library, any Barnes and Noble, 
the people who are alone are not as happy as the people who are with someone. That is just the way yeah. it is. Yeah. And I was, I was very perceptive child. Um, it took me almost no time to notice that. And that has been one of the fundamental uh, realizations to my work in this field, in this profession. So I think we all need a soulmate because we don't have a soul without one. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. And you met your, you met your soulmate after watching Good Will Hunting. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. I was at one of my book signings, actually. Wow. And some say, oh, wow. So this is recent. This is pretty recent. It was. It was, it was pretty recent. Um, you know, I, I was signing her book and um, she said, Granny Smith. And I said, what? And she said, I like Granny Smith apples. And that really stood out to me because. Yeah, those are super tart. Those are tart. I mean, they really stand out as apples. They're, they're not just extremely tart compared to other apples. And they're not, they're real. They're yeah. real, you know. They're not the one you'd expect. And they're not the one you'd expect, you know. I, what, now we have honey crisps. We have, we have cosmic crisps. Gala the classic apples, red delicious. apples. And these, these are delicious apples. Please don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't like red delicious. I don't find them delicious. Oh, yeah, I, I can see why, you know, they're very modified, but. But when she said Granny Smith, I said, there's something special here. And we've been together ever since. You said that yeah. to her when she said that? It was more something I said in my head uh, oh, yeah. than something I said aloud, per se. Um, in terms of what I said aloud, I said, interesting choice. I prefer Fuji. And she said, how do you like them apples? That's the dance of seduction right there. It, let me tell you, my assistant was there and the, the tension was palpable. Guys, I am so excited to tell you about Mike Sachs. He is an underground legend in the comedy community. He is a vortex of creative energy. There mm. is a lot that you can learn from him. He is a humorist, an editor, a novelist, an interviewer, and he is a man of many literary talents. Well, I think I think women. Well, this is another thing I put on the OK Cupid profile, which I think might have turned off some women, but turned on as many women. I put down that I like to fuck like a monkey, and I think a lot of people were confused. Truthfully, when I did put it down, I didn't even know what it meant myself. When it came time to first fuck like a monkey, though, I came through like a champ. What you have to do is you have to act that there's a lodestar, that only you see a sexual lodestar. And you have to fuck oh. your way towards that lodestar, much like a monkey would in, in a primitive jungle. Oh, that's so spiritual. I think that's the way that uh, cult leaders, not that I'm comparing you to a cult leader. I think that's what cult leaders do, too. They see that lodestar and they move towards it. And then anyone that's attracted to that filters their way in. Anyone who's not filters their way out. I'm all for it. I'm a big fan of Rainier, the the, the head of the uh, the the, the uh, sex cult. Have you have you seen this guy? No. Oh, he's such a no. But we're we're interested. Such a cool dude. I mean, just you take a look at him, you think this guy just has it all. I mean, he's now in Rikers Island, but he would you know for a while he was really the king, and he he would you know fuck towards his own low star. Unfortunately, he was a psychotic and a sociopath, but you know, he knew what he wanted and he got it. You have to take the bad with the good. And we've always said on you, but better, 
We're not saying you should be a cult leader, but we are saying you should learn from them. Yes, there's a lot to learn. So much to learn. My belief is that a cult leader is a superhero who has maybe turned into a villain. You know, they've gone a little too far, but it is good to have cult leader energy because cult leaders, they they take you places that you never thought you'd go. I guess. We actually released a digital product called Cult Leader Energy. Well, I have to say this. I think Jim Jones, you know, I'm alone on this, but I think he's been misunderstood. For those of you who don't know, Jim Jones, of course, was an American preacher who led the People's Temple. This was a cult in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. He actually had his followers, we would never do this to you, better use, he had his followers move to a jungle commune in Guyana where he orchestrated a mass suicide in 1978, and that's what we're talking about here. I think, I think more than anything, he was shy. Oh, what gives you that opinion? Just the way his eyes looked in that final video. Um, a lot of people mm. saw madness or drug addiction. I saw a little boy who wasn't good at socializing. Georgia James and Bruce Platt, they are known for their life-changing relationship management system, which is called wow. Board Game Therapy. They co-authored the book, The Game of Love. It was an instant New York Times bestseller, guys, mm. back when it came out in 2019. Now, in the game of love, Georgia and Bruce take all your beloved, well-known board games, yes. and they turn them into unique and effective ways to so keep unique. your relationship healthy and thriving. We want to talk about one of the first relationship games in your book, mm. Connect for, yes. for Love. Yes. The goal is to connect four times throughout the day. Yep. Exactly. Red connection, physical, black, mm -hmm. emotional. Yeah. So in this- Absolutely. In this, uh, in this system, basically what you're going to do, each person in the relationship starts out with their their token. You know, the, the things that go in? Yeah, the, the like red the one and the black one. So you have four of those at the beginning of the day. Anytime that you think, this, I need to use this, I'm feeling down, I'm feeling like there was a lack of communication. Anytime in, you feel like you need to connect, you do that. You bring it to the other person, you say, I'm ready, and then you exchange your token. And, and if you use all four, you win at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep. So you're really trying to see who can connect more. I mean, you're connecting with each other, but you're seeing who can initiate more connections. Yes. And yeah. And which one is the most successful? What comes out of these connections? You right. know, yeah. it does end after four connections, but yeah, no more. Let me ask you this. So typically in this game, one side gets the red chips and one side gets the black chips. Mm -hmm. How do you determine who is the emotional connector and who's the physical connector? Uh, you know what? In this one, it's a game of chance. You know, mm. you know, you huh. just go mm. because I think I think in, in the real game, you're supposed to say whose birthday is first. No, not us. We, we, uh, it's just a game of chance. So in the morning or, you know, sometimes we'll decide the night before, but you, you just will put just two, a black one and a red one and a hat. Sure. You, you just, you draw it and that's the one you're going to get. Wow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that because it gives you the opportunity to push yourself. Maybe you're not as physical a yeah. person as your partner. Maybe you're, exactly. maybe you're harder to open up. Exactly. I tell her every every night when she tries to touch me, I say, I'm hurting, I'm in pain. Mm. Please mm. don't do that. But then she cashes in that red chip and yeah, I'm like, you okay. You gotta get it in there. 
It's Dwayne, the audio guy for You But Better, and I'm also Seth's little brother-in-law. So for today's 5 Minutes of Genius, I'm going to share with you my top life lessons I've learned from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There are two types of chicks in this world. Chicks who are always down for pizza and chicks who are not always down for pizza. Choose wisely. And that's the most important lesson I've learned from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And there you have it, Better Use. Relationships, the key to all human progress. Seth, would you say that relationships are the ultimate skeleton key that unlocks every door? You're damn right I would say that, Lex. And I... I have to insist that we put that on a fucking t-shirt because that's a $7 million idea. Yeah. And by the way, better use, a lot of people who are scared of skeletons, remember, we all have a skeleton inside us. We do. We all have a skeleton inside of us. And most of us, whether we like to recognize it or not, have a few skeletons in that closet. That's why we say after this episode, we want you to go straight to our website. We want you to download the PDF, the skeletons, in and around me, and we want you to face those fears today. And you know what? Remember, you don't have to do this alone. That's why you have relationships, folks. Exactly. Those relationships will help you. They will help you with everything. And in life, what you need is you need a relationship. You need all your relationships, and you need a great self-improvement podcast to show you how to get them. No bones about that. Thank you so much, Better Use. Have a wonderful day. We'll catch you skeletons on the flip side. You, but better. Friends, thank you for listening and becoming a better you. And if you haven't followed us on social media yet, you haven't fully committed. Find those social links in the episode description. Also, please rate and review us on your podcast listening app. It helps more people find this podcast and become totally enlightened. And remember, don't just be you, be you, but better. better.